welcome to this special series of the Truth About Low Government podcast. We're going to be doing a collaborative series with the District Councils Network, where I interview senior leaders from district councils across England to hear about how their councils can and do make a real difference to their residents and communities. We're going to be exploring the challenges facing the sector, but more importantly, the solutions that are being implemented. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back. And today I'm delighted to have the chairman of the District Council Network and leader of Breckland Council, Samuel Chapman Allen, on with us today to discuss a really important topic, um, the role of a district councillor and why you should become one. Before I introduce Sam to the audience at home, I should give a bit of background context. Sam's had a really fantastic, illustrious career. He's worked in the Conservative Party. He's worked for the UK Ministry of Defence. He's been a parliamentary assistant. He's worked as part of the LEP. And for the last six years and nine months, he has been the leader or deputy leader and then leader of Breckland Council for the last two and a half years, as I said, chairman of the DCN, and is an executive board member of the local government information unit. So he is somebody with a huge amount of credibility, respect uh, and knowledge in the sector. So Sam, thank you for coming on the podcast. How are you? I'm not too bad at all. Thank you, Matthew. I'm in a very wet, cold London at the moment. So I'm looking forward to getting back on the train back to Norfolk this evening. <laughs> I love it. So first question, what is the role of a district councillor? Yeah, and actually, when um, you very kindly provided a couple of questions in advance, and this was one of them, and I looked through the local government association's handbook as to what is what is a councillor, um, and some of that I could relate to, but actually, beyond that, there is so much more. And I think when you say what is the role of a councillor, it is everything to everybody when they need someone to support them in their community, and then on top of that, it's that place leadership. Um, so on, on one arm. I always use the example when I'm speaking to, to colleagues around actually what do you do, what's it like? Um, when I first became a counsellor, Matt, I, I was contacted by an elderly lady whose husband had sadly passed away and she had no family and had no idea how to arrange her husband's funeral, had no idea how to arrange and deal with his affairs. And there was me at that moment in time, quite a young individual. I had to try and fathom myself what you would do in that type of circumstance but there was I as the local councillor there to provide the support she needed um, because she had no one else to turn to she didn't know who else within the community she could contact so she contacted her local councillor to the other extreme it's around that place leadership actually being that focal point for everybody in the community around any moans and groans troubles or worries but more importantly to drive the change that community needs to highlight and acknowledge that things may not be as you want them to be, as the community wants it to be, and to be that change for good. Um, and on the wider sense, it's around ensuring that the services that you're responsible for, so us as district councils, some 86 services from planning, waste, licensing, public health, food inspections, temporary accommodation, homelessness, water inspection, the list goes on and on and on. Um, and it's making sure that your locality provides the services your community needs at a good value for money perspective and you're not just worrying about your own locality in that regard Matt you're worrying about the whole of the geography so for Breckland and me it's 500 square miles um, and as a local councillor um, you're making sure that you're providing those services for the 140,000 plus residents within within that space as well um, and the other extreme is making sure that 
you're responding to the statutory requirements. So whether you sit on the planning committee or the licensing committee, you've got a, a, a responsibility to ensure that you're making the appropriate decisions within those areas. So you've got the casework, you've got the community leadership, and you've got the functionality of what you actually have to do for the council itself. So really broad in its, in its entirety to be a councillor. So I don't think any day's ever the same, and I don't think you'd ever be surprised by the types of things you're asked to do as a councillor. How challenging is it being a councillor in local government in the modern day in terms of, and I, I mean by that, and it, it is a slightly provocative question, but I was talking to, we talked off air about being constantly available um, and, and there being that uh, social media, you know, playing a, a greater degree of, of how people interact and criticise or promote uh, issues and topics within the local community. How hard is it? So, it is challenging, but it's immensely rewarding. I think for anybody, the day they wake up and think, oh, I don't want to do this anymore, it's the time that they hang up their, their spurs and, and allow someone else to, to stand forward in, in at the ballot box. But actually, it is immensely difficult because social media in its, in its wider sense is a great tool and a great platform, um, but the speed it moves at and the inability for people to put misinformation in and actually um was it winston churchill quote uh, a lie will get halfway around the world before you have the chance to put your pants on or something like that but actually that's that that's the type of thing the article arrives the comment arrives on uh twitter or facebook or whatever it is and before you as the local councillor have even seen it come on your newsfeed or the press have telephoned you to say uh, councillor can you comment on this please you've got hundreds of people interacting with that um and it is immensely difficult in that regard but also actually um i've got friends and colleagues in in breckland and and norfolk and the region and the country who actually be, it could be quite um divisive that actually the level of communication which is of a negative kind they get directly from individuals so much so that um uh, actually, it's intimidating. They've had to involve the police and things like that. I think that's a big change. When I first got involved, I never had heard of anybody being in that situation. Yeah, you may uh, have every now and then got doorstepped or someone had spoken to you in the supermarket on the high street or when you're at the, your local club or whatever. But I think it's more frequent now. I think people are more frustrated around the services or the lack of in some regard um, and uh, taken out wrongly in my view on some councillors and it's becoming more personal um so uh, in 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 some areas we've seen that um demonstrations have have stopped democracy where council meetings have had to be adjourned i've got no issue at all with people protesting politely out the front of council buildings and town halls that's really important that's democracy in its wider sense to then attend those meetings and at the right juncture in time ask a question but never to to stall or or to, to stop democracy taking place so i think we're in a really difficult situation um and it has become harder and i think that um we're not seeing councillors stay councillors for as long as they once did i think people do their term of office find it quite difficult um, and then decide to, to step away, which is a great shame. I don't mind where you come from. I think that everybody should want to get involved in local government, and that's not a party political piece. Um, but I think that we're probably not able to encourage the right type of people across every one of our incredible communities to want to come forward for many of those reasons I mentioned.
So my my question to you next is about how we can, as across the whole of local government family, encourage more people to get involved within politics. What what is your advice to leaders, to people who are officers who are trying to increase the amount of support and engagement with their communities who actually want to get involved? What is the advice that you would give them? Well, uh, it, it's about honesty, uh, and I think it's being honest about what the role really is now to where it was 5, 10, 15 years ago. Um, because actually, if, we, if we're really clear early on what it is, uh, we're able to then respond to those questions or challenges or concerns before people decide to, to want to stand or, or, or whatever it is. Um, but across the piece, actually, it's how can we make it and package it to where can you have the opportunity to where you live and work, influence, what your place is going to look like for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And to be able to say to your friends or family or children, your grandchildren, I was able to shape what that high street looked like. I was able to shape what those services, that community service looked like. I was able to make sure that we were able to deal with this antisocial behaviour or um, a lack of uh, affordable homes. Whatever it is within your community, you get the chance to influence that. And I think actually, yeah, local government, we don't always get things right. Um, people may get frustrated at sometimes the glacial speed we do things, but actually across the political sphere, it doesn't matter. Everybody has the opportunity and is shaping that agenda. We should all take pride in that. And that's where you package it up to say, if you want to be someone who's able to shape the place you live in, support the people you care about within your community, being a local councillor is probably one of the best voluntary roles you can ever do within your community. Uh, and I think we just need to change that. And do you know what? I'm, I'll am i say it to you and all, we, all the listeners as well. I don't always tell people when I first meet them I'm a local councillor um, because the first thing they'll do is, is normally chest poke me about something I haven't probably done right or the council hasn't done right. And I think we probably just need to just I need to be one of those individuals who needs to make sure that I'm changing that culture as well and and being immensely proud. Um, we should all be proud of, of anybody who's willing to stand for local government. Um, and actually what we're doing is important to everybody. Um, but it is it, beyond that. It's, it's how do we how do we engage? How do we change? the way the functionality works. So actually people's work patterns have changed, people's life um, and their family's circumstances have changed. We need to make sure that we're not in that traditional 1974 um, derive of the structure of local government, that actually we are innovating and improving how councillors can undertake their roles as well. I think it's just, it's just a few things that I thought there were really fantastic points, you know, and the first thing you actually you mentioned at the start was pride and going back to that you know, anecdote about the elderly lady within your district who you had to support and help her, you know, with her husband's kind of uh, funeral arrangements and kind of sorting her out. There's an immense pride and an immense satisfaction that is so humbling for people that are local councillors. And I, I think that's that for me is just utterly the core of of being a councillor and the whole point of this podcast as well is is to help educate the public and therefore to drive engagement because i think a lot of the frustration stems from the fact that people don't understand how it works so therefore when they see change to not be moving at the speed with which they would like it to it's because they don't understand what has to take place for change to happen with you know you mentioned the fact that councils aren't saying for as long as possible what would your advice be in terms of um avoiding burnout and promoting resilience within the political members of a council 
Yeah, I think that's that's a, a, a really a really good question and, and something which actually is is apparent. It's being honest with your community that um it is difficult to to be out of your family or friends and you you see issues and you want to get them sorted and you 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 take notes of it, you put it on your phone or report it, take the picture, the uh what three words, whatever it is, and that's great. And that that become a bit of a habit uh, and actually quite frustrating to people you're out with but also just accepting that sometimes you are going to get stopped when you go to the shop or the cinema or the high street or the butchers or whatever and people will recognize and actually it is frustrating because it can slow your day down but you should take pride that you've got a bit of recognition as a place leader um but it's making sure that although your phone's with you 24 hours a day and people can ring you 24 hours a day and email you 24 hours a day, you need to make sure that you've got that appropriate work, life, family, voluntary balance, um, because otherwise it can become uh, uh, subsuming in everything you do as, as a local councillor. And actually, we've got to make sure we get that, that right balance. And also, whether you're operating with parish councils or residents associations or um, at the local community group, whoever it is, just being honest with them about managing their expectations, what you can do, how long it's going to take, um, so that everybody understands what's in your gift and what's not in your gift. Um, because I think sometimes they think that the local council can do everything and therefore the local councillor has all the power uh, delegated and devolved to them. And very rarely is that the case. Um, so it's just it's just being honest from that perspective. And finally, don't be afraid to, to seek help and support from your fellow councillors. There are within uh, groups, whether you're an independent councillor or part of a, one of the, the main parties, there's a lot of experience in there. So don't be afraid to ever uh, seek that support from other people. But also the local council officers, they're there uh, as the paid resource delivering the operational outputs and the services. They're a really good wealth of, of knowledge and experience. And actually they can help support some of those activities and, and take some of that burden off individuals to make sure they don't get burnout or to make sure that um, they don't feel that some projects and activities are just a bit of a forlorn hope and they can never get anywhere. Um, it's back to the sort of, um, uh, uh, I think T-Mobile or Orange, wasn't it? It's good to talk. Um, make sure that you do talk to people and seek seek that support because actually we're not we're not islands in local government. Um, we're a team um, across the political dimensions to make sure we're delivering everything we need to do. And I I've sought support from everybody across the political chamber in Breckland and and in other areas because it's always good to bounce those ideas off and, and seek that guidance because we're always learning. You're a very prominent um, figure in the DCN. Uh, and I mean, I was I was talking to you earlier about I saw you giving evidence in the House of Commons to the Leveling Up Housing Communities uh, Committee. And I, we haven't got time to do it today, but, you know, you're calling for councils to have more freedom and flexibilities to raise income locally, uplift grant funding and provide specific target support to tackle homelessness. You know, very important topics. In your opinion, what is high performance in a leader of a council? There is there is no set mould for for what makes a good leader um, and every locality will have a different leader for a different challenge and a different opportunity, a different community they represent. And I think that's what makes local government so interesting and so diverse um, in in that regard. Um, for, for me, I, I, I came from really, I believe, humble backgrounds, a, a 
single parent family, um, brought up in uh, one of my big market towns of Thetford, um, never went to university, um, got a job quite early on. And after school, used to go sit around in the Citizen Advice Bureau where my mum worked um, as a session supervisor, team leader, manager. And that's, I think, where I probably got the bug for local government um in that regard that sat there and you were hearing people talk to their their friend or their colleague or their their wife why they were there were mostly about those council services um around housing around homelessness around money debt advice around council tax whatever it was they were the issues which the council had in their power to change or help and support um and it's that position we can always stand there with a cup of tea or a, or a drink and and criticize and give that commentary or we can roll our sleeves up and lean in and get involved um and Breckland was is a really successful council it's really uh innovative it's it's got a really adaptable approach to how it generates income lowest council tax in the country for a district council um, but it does that because it gets a strong income from its commercial property portfolio. So in turn, as it went from the previous leader to me, I didn't know that I was um, being developed to, to take over and his escape tunnels were being dug. Um, actually, as I arrived, what was going to be my stall I was going to set out? How was I going to present that to my blue team colleagues as to why I should be their leader for a year, four years or where we are now into to five years and for me it was around actually we've got good strong stable financial position we've got the ability to extract a bit of money through further uh, efficiencies and innovation and actually how can I package that money up to provide the services and support our most vulnerable residents need how can I make sure that I'm provi providing a further safety net beyond that of those statutory services of planning housing waste etc to a different arena and that's and that's where we are now as a council we're into our second stage of uh just shy of three million pounds in our inspiring communities program and that was me i think for ha having a vision of where i wanted breckland council to go in its next iteration um as as the district council and then beyond that it's around particularly planning planning such a contentious area um but actually the, M the National Planning Policy Framework, the MPPF, sits up here. I want to make that human. I want my community to, to be able to understand what that actually really means to them. Um, and yeah, OK, that may say that in black and white. And actually, I like a bit of grey sometimes. So how can I get my community to buy in to where the local plan is going to be moving forward? So we're going through the local plan now uh, and making sure that those policies are being driven by the issues and concerns the community are highlighting now, but some of those historical legacies as well. How can we use the uh, emerging local plan to set that out? So every council leader will come in with a different set of visions and ideas, and it's how can they present them to their group if it's a if they're in majority control, if there's no overall control to present it to the rest of the council to think actually they're a good person. I I like what they're what they're saying i like where they want to take us i buy into that but then it's getting the the mandate from your community to be able to have license to do it unless you get the basic services right you can't have the political license to go and do something a bit different and a bit more interesting um and i think the final bit which every council leader has to be is honest we will at some point get something wrong and it's being honest with the community about that of why it went wrong 
how we have learned from that and how we're going to ensure it won't happen again. Um, and it is the most uncomfortable space to be in a leader when you get the phone call from the chief executive or the monitoring officer. They're the two um, senior people in the councils. You make sure we do everything properly and say, leader, I need to tell you something. And you have to work out quite quickly what the response is going to be. Either you can batter down the hatches and go defensive or you could be that council leader who go who apologises, explains and ensures it doesn't happen again. And I would say to any council leader across the country, honesty with your community is is something which we should all absolutely ensure is is part of our DNA. Amazing. Sam, we're out of time today, but thank you so much for your insights, for your honesty and and for your authentic approach on and views on local government. Lovely. Thanks ever so much for having me. Today, we've had the leader of Brooklyn Council and uh, the chairman of the District Council Network, Sam Chapman-Allen, talking about the role of a district councillor, talking about why you should become one. Uh, and I could just if you're listening at home and you're thinking to yourself, I fancy, you know, getting involved in local government politics, you know, go and speak to the leader. It's a fantastic, honourable, and there's a huge amount of pride that comes with that position. So thank you for listening. Tune back in for more episodes later in the week. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode brought to you by The Truth About Local Government and the District Council Network. Thank you to the DCN for their support, to our guest speakers that are coming on, and to you, the listener at home. Thank you for your ongoing support. If you've enjoyed the episode and the series, please like, share, and give that support we need to keep giving free content to the community and to local authorities across the UK. Thank you.